Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Men Anything. Thanksgiving happened last week, so I just want to take a quick second to say, hope you're okay. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, but also just in general, I hope you are okay. Deep breaths. We did it. Another one down. Today's guest is Verdas. Verdas is an international comedic actor sensation. He has five specials on Netflix. Also a Bollywood actor, which I don't know if you've ever checked out a Bollywood movie. I had a roommate, a nude in college, and she used to watch them all the time. Really inexperienced to to behold. Um, I hope that's okay to say. I'm just saying I enjoyed it. Okay. If you want to come see me live, and I hope that you do, I will be in Tacoma, Washington, December 6th and 7th. And then I'm putting a bunch more tour dates up on imemmawilman.com. I'm putting them up there because that's my website. So that's where they go. On today's episode, Verdas and I talk about our most embarrassing moments that we've been caught doing. He's got a great one. We talk about looking for love in the woods of New Jersey and everything that led one of us there. I have a dilemma because someone bumped into me and then I apologize, even though she bumped into me and then she didn't apologize to me. So we kind of hashed that out. He gives great advice. He's in a successful marriage that he's been with his wife 10 years and we get into how he deals with conflicts. And also we get to a listener email. Thank you so much. Right in at AMA at Betches.com about trying to find out whether or not men experience embarrassment, sadness, anxiety, and empathy in the same way as our writer and wondering if she's going to find someone that she can connect with on that level and if men are capable of feeling those things or if they've just convinced themselves that they can't or what the deal is overall. If you're enjoying the show, take a screen grab of you listening to it and then smack it up on your social media stories. I'm not asking for a front page feature, but put it up in the stories, tag me in it. I will repost it. Let your friends know about it. If there's someone who you're like, oh, you need to hear this, write in, I'll say it, and then you share it with them. And in the meantime, just let your friends know about it now. Really helps us out. And then you guys can talk about it and kvetch or whatever we need to, whatever we need to do. Please, as always, rate and review on iTunes. I really appreciate it. Please, thank you. Not to grovel. Doesn't I, There's no need to grovel. I'm just saying I'd really appreciate it if you did it. Thank you guys, as always, for being here. Here is our episode. Do men ever just refuse? They're like, I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you can say no. You can pass. Okay, cool. Of I'm course, please, save no, space. I, I mean to the whole thing. They're like, men don't answer questions. Is there some sort of... No, but that would be... That, and then <laughs> that just see first. what I do. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I would do, actually. But I'd switch gears. I I'd just it, still respect the time. I'd be like, all right, I guess no questions though. I since just because there's now this big worldwide conversation of what masculinity is sure. all of a sudden. So the internet is full of charlatan alpha males who are just sort of like, men don't do blah. Right, um, right. So We're I, eating meat. We're yeah. busy eating meat. We can't. So I want one guy to be like, men don't answer questions. And done. <laughs> <laughs> and a million young boys are corrupted for life. Right, right, yeah. right. That's what we don't do. You created a great atmosphere in my apartment this morning. Oh, I did? Yes. So my girlfriend and I moved mm -hmm. and potentially I maybe haven't done any of the stuff I was supposed to do. Sure. In terms of the unpacking, you know, I'm sorry. So this morning she got up 
really early and was like unpacking and assembling something. And so I just put, I had been listening to like different things you've done on YouTube and I put you on and I connected it to the Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And then you were like playing in the apartment and it, there was the the specific one that connected was Verdaz on racism yeah. and it connected. And then I kind of heard her going like, <laughs> and it started to lighten things. And then she was like, I really like him. He's really saying something. And then she kind of glared at me and I was Ooh, so I turned it up. So you, you saved me this morning. Thank that, you. That giggle might be the <laughs> loudest response I've ever gotten from a woman. <laughs> yeah, right. No, do you find that most of the people that respond to you are were men? Um, actually, it's strange now because during the pandemic, I I started doing this thing called 10 on 10 on my YouTube where I just kind of hiked up a forest and did stand up in the daytime with a speaker and one mic that I carried. And, and Not it was easy to do. Not easy to do. And it was just 55 people. And we started talking about the world as such. Mm. And that changed my, just who was coming for my shows. So majority of my audience right now is between 18 and 27 huh. and, and kind of down the middle, which as a man who's 44 right. is absolutely insane hmm. to be performing for the people you judge the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Sounds kind of therapeutic, actually. Yeah. So I just don't know who's coming for the show anymore. Huh. And it shifted over the pandemic with the 10? Yeah, it, it, we were in a space where no one could be arrested and, right. and no one could get into trouble and everything was locked down. So right. I, I kind of started, I, I'd never done sort of material about the world, but mm. I, I kind of promised whatever my audience and myself that I would I would do 10 pieces of comedy that I hope outlived me and mm. that they would be deliberately difficult topics so we did war racism religion privilege you know j- just sure. a cancel culture etc I'm not sucking up but I sw- I from watching stuff from way back it seems like you've tackled lots of difficult topics that would live beyond like very evergreen big ones well none of them in a forest <laughs> in, the in forest private. does add a twist it, it does, that add, does it. add a it's twist it's very cultish yes so, yes 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 yeah. yes well good for you and you went from india to nigeria back to india to illinois yeah what was the first thing you, do you remember like what you thought of the food when you got to illinois i just remember getting off the bus in chicago at O'Hare. Mm. And, you know, you think you're coming to, like, Van Wilder, America right, for right. college, right? Just, like, dead man on campus. Whatever cheesy, uh, you know, uh, sure. you know, chasing Harvard or whatever it is. And then the bus leaves Chicago and it's just cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. And then a cornfield ends and there's a college and there's another cornfield. <laughs> and the they end just of it. drop you off. They just drop you off. Had you visited the school before you went there? No. No. I, I could not afford to come to America. My parents had... I think $4,000 a year to spend all in. Mm. And I, like an idiot, was applying to like NYU and Brown and, you know, and getting letters back saying, hey, we really like you, but no, you Mm. you need to pay some money. At least they said they like you. Yeah. That's Uh, something. That's something. They didn't call me back. (laughs) And then this college, Knox College, gave me um, like 95% aid. Great. So I was just like, fuck it, wherever this is, I'm going. I'll go to the cornfield. It could have been Alaska. I couldn't, like, I was just like, I want to go. Here we go. Okay, so on this show, we talk about like modern masculinity and through your lens, of course. Mm -hmm. As someone who's lived in multiple countries, how does the idea of masculinity vary around the world? Was there anything that you noticed in particular about American male culture when you went to college there? I think that the difference between sort of maybe American masculinity and, and perhaps Indian masculinity, if you will, which is the only two that I can speak to, um, and both are filled with their own fallacies, sure. if you will. I feel like American masculinity is a more performative masculinity. Oh, interesting. And Indian masculinity is a more 
settled masculinity. In that, in India, the expectation of masculinity is to be stable, to provide, to provide for the parents, to provide for everybody, but suppress your emotions and right. never quite have a conversation. But I think uh, <laughs> the, the oh, too much of a conversation. <laughs> Shut it down. Yeah. But American masculinity is is sort of build a body, uh, mm. perform your masculinity, declare your masculinity, uh, and I think that's the essential difference. Americans declare masculinity, and Indians um, kind of infect people with masculinity. Are Indian men more comfortable showing? affection to each other physically like yeah we hold hands and yes. stuff like yeah we, i love a good hug i'll hug the shit out of any man uh, and as long as uh, sure. it takes for an american to be uncomfortable right i'm, I'm happy with double that duration <laughs> so so yeah a good hug is but i've as, as the idea of holding hands too because that you never see out of a sexual context in america really? yeah oh i hold hands i'm a big hand holder okay so i'll like that i'd say that's like a love i'd kind of i really i like holding hands i'll hold yep. hands with my dad i'll kind of like grab his finger hold hands with my mom she's not as into it i'm a hand holder okay but i like that that's something that that's like part of the culture there yeah and they, it's not they'll walk down the street just holding hands with each other and they're like you're my best friend come on let's go have wow. this conversation they won't skip uh, sure. <laughs> I feel like that's skipping would be too far. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you like know? a, a sign. I mean, see, even even for a gay man, skipping would be wild. <laughs> How has the concept of masculinity in general changed from when you were a kid to now? And you were moving around as a kid. Yeah. No, I was in a boarding school, and and I just kind of spent at seven. At, at that's seven and a half, eight. Yeah. That's so young to go to boarding school. Yeah, You're a little was, baby. Yeah, I was. I, I was just out of wetting the bed. You know what I mean? Like totally. I, I just gotten done with that shit uh, before I went to boarding school. But I spent like I was the kid who wouldn't shut up in boarding school, mm. right? So, so I just spent boarding school getting my ass whooped. So my concept of masculinity was a very sort of raw, primal, physical masculinity that was informed by prefects and seniors and and housemasters like my, my boarding school was like hogwarts mm. you know very like traditional british you right know, there are houses and housemasters and dormitories and oh my goodness and, and that's sort of a, an atmosphere could you eat in the cafeteria altogether or did they separate oh, no, that? It, was, it was co-ed, co-ed so, okay. so I, I would not have lasted in, a, in an old boys school absolutely there, there's no chance and would men be do the beat like the reprimanding or women or are they no it was men to men yeah. uh, but it was Seniority was everything because right. this is an ex-British military academy, so corporal punishment was fine. Um, I don't know if I've watched way too many porns, but do they do spanking as part of it? Not naked, but are they hitting your butt? Yeah, there's uh, there's caning, there's uh, hockey sticking. No way. Yeah, which is where you you all make a line and then you bend over and you get a hockey stick on your bum. No and way. And then you join the back of the yeah. Really? Very common. Yeah. Oh my god! But, I feel so. I feel like I'm like being so white American right now. Like actually, I'm gonna start blushing because I feel like that was like. That's like the stereotype. The way people are like, "Oh, but I hit them. but they hit you with a hockey stick lined up." Yeah, uh, but, but this is the '90s. We sure, should be, sure, sure. We, we should be fair. And you know what? I'm not judging either. Yeah, because do what you got to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there's a, I mean, the best punishment they ever came up with was something called a slap circle, which is where if like six of you are in trouble, they put you in a circle and they make you slap each other. Now, inevitably, so I'm so bad at picking up <laughs> if someone's tricking me or not. You're you're totally serious. I'm completely okay. serious. All right. Now, because the universe has a sense of humor, your best friend will always be standing right fucking sure. next to you, right? And so the first slap that you do is sort of like a, just right. very gentle. And then the prefect will slap the shit out of you, right? Because you didn't slap your friend hard enough. Then you come back out, essentially beat the shit out of your friend, right? And you'll do like three rounds. And then here's the genius. After three rounds, they switch the order. So you just ah, turn around at the guy who just smacked mental you. Mental warfare. Yeah, so it's it's heavily just sort of 
evil in its design. Does everybody have to get in trouble to be in the smack circle? Or are they like, hey, we need an extra person? No, you have to be you? really in trouble. Like, you, you don't get to volunteer. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's not five-man basketball. <laughs> it's just like, you may not be very good at slapping, but we need a fifth. So please, uh, please But what join. if enough people aren't bad? <laughs> There's no shortage. We have, a, we have a billion people. You think we have a right, shortage right. of bad or good okay. or, <laughs> or mediocre people? There's enough. You, you can get six to do a slap circle. Yeah. Do people like, like, warm up for that like are they like like working their arms out no it's okay but it's dead but isn't slapping a sport here like i i see i've seen my the- algorithm is fucked up but i see videos of guys <laughs> slapping each other all the time in america it's like a competitive sport right it is actually i i've seen i've it's like i was walking through the airport and it like popped up on a news thing whatever town i was in was doing some slap event yeah and i couldn't quite gauge what exactly was happening i don't know how they oh i think they have something in their mouth and they see if they hit some water out of it, maybe. Uh, but then I'm not sure what the measure of masculinity is. Right. Is it, can you hit the slap very hard? Because I always see the guy who takes it as sort of like a, <laughs> and then falls, right? Right, stoic. <laughs> you know, so is which one's more of a man, really? I feel like to me, a slap feels very effeminate too. Like traditionally effeminate. To me, a slap would be more like, I would associate, I don't know, maybe I'm totally, but I. that's what I would, I think of a, masculine thing would be more of like a push or a punch i don't know i've, I've never actually because a slap fight if i saw two guys slap fighting outside a bar i'd, I'd film it oh yeah <laughs> in like in five seconds yeah like, i'd film it and i'd be like slap that motherfucker i wouldn't yeah. but if it was a fist fight i'd run i'd add music i would i'd add i'd add filters you slap the shit out of him i've never been slapped by a woman actually i've only been slapped by a man that's pro- probably i've never been slapped by a man but i was slapped by a woman one time it is, um, I would imagine, a deathly silence at the end of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. It was kind of my, it was bad. It was my ex. Um, I'm not making excuses for it, but she was like super Italian. And yeah. I had done something wrong. Not that, that there's never reason to hit someone ever, but I had done something so, you know, the I feel like relationships most clear, closely mirror your relationship to yourself. Oh, relationship. for sure. Yeah. And so I didn't. I'm making excuses, but just for context, I didn't necessarily have a good relationship with myself, and then I wasn't good in my relationships with other people. I, I did a transgression. I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I had I told her about it, and she was upset. And when I was leaving, she the door was open, and I was like going to leave, and we were kind of looking at each other. First, she did a threat. She goes, she was like, you can't do this. And she goes, I'm going to work. She, we were dating for like a year. She was a really good writer. She was like, I'm going to go around. And then she said a comedian's name and help them write jokes. And I went, you Ooh. bitch. You bitch. Yeah. I don't think I said that though. I think I just went, ooh. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a gut punch. That's yeah. a cut. She goes, I'm going to go around. And she said the person's name. She goes, and she goes, I'm going to help them with their, I'm going to help them. And I was like, and then when I went to leave, she slapped me hard, sting. I had a girl throw a chair at me once. Damn. <laughs> that, what happened? Know, and that was a point where I was like, no transgression warrants this. Like, and this this has nothing to do with my relationship with myself, right? It was, right, 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 right. It, it right. Was, we were 20 and we were in New Jersey and mm. we, we had a long distance relationship and I was still in Galesburg. And she, in the middle of an argument, threw a fucking chair across the room, slammed against the wall, a leg broke off the chair. And I, like, we're both in this moment of this just crossed yes. every line. 
And within five minutes, we had sex on that chair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like That's chair. a good fucking story. That yeah. is good. Yeah. So you guys are both kind of shocked by that she did that? And then instantly bang. Oh, good for you. Yeah. That's great. I should have tried that when I got the slap. But this this girl, my God, she had, I think the best way to end a fight ever was Every time she'd be mad at me, she'd run out into the woods of New Jersey. So she was um, not to, she was maybe like unhinged a little. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if you can call people crazy anymore. Right. I wouldn't. You have to use it delicately, I feel. I mean, I don't know. I hear people call people crazy all the time. It's kind of like relative. I've always used the word carefully because I had someone, I like want to save it because there was someone that I do refer to as crazy and I want to really be potent. All right. She was emotionally volatile. Is is that a better way to put it? I mean, running into the woods in New Jersey, I would go, she had a hiding spot where she would watch me look for her for one hour in the hills. Now, and I'd just be in the fucking, in the woods like, where are you? <laughs> and also that you would look for her for like an hour too. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a sucker. It's kind of romance. And she would hide. Is she out there now, do you think? She's just hiding. I think she's, waiting for you. she's married with kids now, but she, she'd just like smoke a cigarette and watch me just like, where are you? I'm sorry. Let's work it Was out. Was it your first relationship? Were you like, this is American women? Oh no, she wasn't American. She oh. was Indian, uh, mm. and she was she was actually my first girlfriend. Mm, that'll do it. That'll do, that'll yeah. send you to the woods. Yeah. That'll get you. You'll be like yeah. looking for because if a woman, you know, as you get older and they run out to the woods. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, I hope you got survival skills. I hope you find my iPhone is on. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm busy on the go and don't always have time to go to the grocery store and pick out what I'm going to eat for the week. Thankfully, I found ButcherBox. They take the guesswork out of shopping and cooking with a great selection of fish, chicken, beef, and more. And their cuts of meat are always way better than anything I would find in the grocery store. I love their chicken thighs. Best chicken thighs I've ever had. I swear on my mom. With ButcherBox, you can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. I can get 100% grass-fed, beef-free-range organic chicken and wild-caught seafood delivered straight to my doorstep. I don't even have to mess with going to the store. Plus, they have free shipping always. And because this is really important to me, with ButcherBox, all the meat is humanely raised. That means no antibiotics or added hormones. You can curate and customize what you want in each box. And if you're feeling uninspired in the kitchen, they have an entire catalog of delicious recipes to get you started. All I have to think about is what I'm going to binge watch on TV while I enjoyed Butcher Box's high quality cuts. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash AMA and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash AMA and use code AMA to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what's what's weird is hmm. at least at a popular level, I equated masculinity with cruelty mm. when when I grew up because I was like, here are all these manly alpha men who are cruel, you know, and and are dominating, right? Because they were the ones enforcing everything. Yeah, and yeah. And then as you you grow older, you find your own relationship with masculinity, which is I now understand in my mind that masculinity is a sense of 
responsibility mm. uh, and kindness at the same time. Oh, kindness to me symbolizes so much strength. Yeah. There's so much strength in being having boundaries and then still being kind. Absolutely. And so if you can find a way to take everything that the world throws at you yes. and, and, and be responsible for all the people that count on you without ever letting it affect even 1% of your kindness towards the world or them, mm. I think you're a real man. You know, I, I think that's my definition of, and, and maybe not even a man, but just to be a good human being. Sure. Right? But now I kind of see, at least on the internet or at least on Instagram, masculinity again in the form of cruelty being peddled to young boys. I wonder why that is. Probably because it's, well, it's easier. In the short term, easier. Because kindness is more vulnerability, I think. Kindness, that's why kindness to me is so much, Just and I could be wrong, but kindness to me is strength because it requires you know, it requires having strength in yourself to be vulnerable and, and open and strong. Yeah. And then just being mean because anger and meanness to me is just the most petty, simplest, yeah. stupidest, easy to grab onto uh, form. I, I was thinking about it also. I, I think maybe it could do with the fact that every time we go through a 20 year period where there are absentee fathers, mm. I think that leaves the door open for hustlers to come in and, and talk to young boys and for them to have false role models. Mm. And, and I think... I never thought of that. You know, the average working man, over the last maybe 15 years, it has become tougher and tougher for that man to spend time with his family. You know, like I think... Right, hustle, 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 hustle. Yeah, it, yeah. Exactly. You know, he, he's just had to work. I, I feel like in the last 15 years, a 45-year-old man has worked harder than a 45-year-old man worked uh, in the 90s, for sure. That guy had much more time to spend with his young kid and right. I, I don't think a dad has time anymore. And I think that leaves the door open for fucking idiots to come right. and influence their kid. Yes, you the know? side hustle. Everyone's got everyone's hustling all the time for everything. Yeah, and, and also I, I do think, like you see, literally, like I, we never worshipped CEOs, for instance, mm. if you think about it, right? Like there, there are Elon Musk cultish fans, right? Um, as there are Jeff Bezos cultish fans, as there are other, and I never saw that when I was growing up. And I'm like, right. you're looking for your dad in this guy. It's at yeah. some level you are. Because it also it used to be that we would worship celebrities, and celebrities would be on a pedestal. Yeah. But then CEOs became celebrities. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I guess it would be in the past like 12, 15 years, like the cult of personality around yeah. them, where it's like because we see them more now in ways we never did. Interesting point because it's it's 360 degree worship. Mm. So it's because because Elon Musk is rich, you worship the way that he treats women as well. You worship the way that he talks about children as well. You worship the way that he uh, smokes weed with some. You worship right. everything about the guy. But earlier on, it was just like, no, I, I like the way Tom Cruise looks. Love and, the way Tom Cruise uh, looks. And, and, yeah. and fuck the rest of it. Totally. Fuck, fuck the Scientology and the creepy stuff, etc., etc., etc. But now you just worship 360 degrees of a person, which in masculinity can become very militant worship and it's also so attaining any one of those things is so hard so it's like you have to like stick to it even harder because you're like oh if i like even criticize this too much then maybe i won't go for all of it yeah because like a little like a pressure cooker yeah like every time i see sort of elon musk fans i'm like are you interviewing for a job at right. tesla soon <laughs> right, right, right or you need a dad like <laughs> right. it's one of these two things which one is it you know i'm so glad i haven't stumbled across elon musk algorithm like he has he doesn't i mean i guess it's all the world almost as his algorithm but i haven't I have his fans haven't popped up on my Jeff Bezos uh, interviews and clips were popping up for a while, but I haven't had Elon Musk popping up. <laughs> Jeff Bezos 
is quickly becoming the kid rock of CEOs. You For know, sure. I mean? like he's just on that direction where I think it's uh, it's great to watch. I had a dream that they released a sex tape of him. That was a dream, right? They haven't released any sex tape of Jeff Bezos. Yeah, it was a dream. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's maybe a dream. nightmare. Maybe nightmare. Yeah. When did you become aware of gender as a concept? When do you think kids start acting differently towards one another based on gender? Maybe fourteen. Mm. Really, is is the first time that. A girl put her hand on my knee, ooh, and my world exploded. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that <laughs> moment. My brain just went poof. Right. You know, and I never thought of girls as different until then. Mm. And, and we were we were sitting in class together, and and I was drawing something on her book or whatever. And I had no concept of crushes, nothing, and largely a loser, right? In <laughs> in, in school. And then suddenly I made her laugh, and she put her hand on my knee, and I was mm. like, oh, my whole life just changed. You know. And um, did she leave it on your knee, or was it just a brush? No, it's just a brush. Mm. And and I was like, oh, I want nothing but this for the rest of my life. Also, going away to school at eight, seven yeah. and a half, eight. I'm a mat. You know, you're not gonna kids' first physical experiences in an ideal world are usually hugging with their parents and stuff. So if yeah. you're away at eight, you're getting less touching, ideally, yeah. than if you were home. So then I would imagine touch would be even more potent because you're in a world where you're not getting like touched as much, literally. Yeah. Uh, or explain this stuff from like a, an elderly down to, right. like a, you've gone to boarding school and you've seen a porno magazine when you're nine. Right. right? So, you're, so you're informed by that. which Right, is, it's like zero to 1,000. Yeah. And and it's this inaccurate uh, sort of sexualization of your mind, right? And then all of a sudden somebody puts their hand on your knee and you're like, oh, this shit is, <sighs> it's gentle. Mm. It's, it's small. It's, um, you know, it's hormones and it's chemistry. So I just didn't have an understanding of that. And instantly, in that second, not even by virtue of anything that I did to her, um, I thought of women as having to be more gentle with. Mm. Does, does that make sense? It makes total sense also because it was yeah. like your brain has experienced something you like that you're associating with that person. So yeah. then it's like you're like, oh, I would like more of this yeah. from other people of your variety. Yeah. How do I get more people to touch my knee? Yeah, but all of a sudden I felt like, not protective or whatever, but, mm. but just I felt like I had to be good to her, in, in a sense. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's hard to describe. It's a very instinctual thing. I get but, that. But I was like, oh, we're different. Mm. Our bodies are very different and who we are and how we exist is very different. Indian weddings are very gendered. Most all weddings are. Yeah. All weddings are. And I've never gotten to go to one. I've been around. I've, my old roommate was a wedding photographer and then she got into the Indian wedding market mm -hmm. and stayed in it because yeah. business was booming. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Booming. And the wedding that she was taking photographs of where it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. Very, very gendered. I think I've, there's more dressing, more. Oh, for sure. But I, I do think. Indian weddings honor a woman more than uh, than other weddings, for sure. How do they? How does it, like? What's the rundown of it usually? Um, so both families will get together. The bride and the groom will be separate, and then there's something called a haldi ceremony, which is where we we take turmeric and we rub them all over the bride mm. and the groom separately. And it's kind of the the family's last few moments with you to say, you know, this is just us imprinting upon you as you head out into the journey, and so that's equal. Then you have something called a, a Sangeet night. A Sangeet night is kind of like a youngster's dance party where mm. the parents kind of stay at home. But like uh, the night before, all the young people will kind of hang out with the bride and, and the groom. Then 
what's great is uh you know how the the american bride walks down the aisle mm-hmm. to the groom as if the groom is a prize right that she has to walk towards oh i never thought of it like that right R- right yeah we do the opposite so in an indian wedding or at least in a hindu wedding the groom the groom walks down the aisle the groom has something called the barat which is it's literally all of his relatives dancing in front of him while he's on a horse or on a you know uh, in a car or something like that and the bride's family waits as the groom walks towards her and the family dances in front of him yeah so th- there's a wow. lovely moment where both families meet dance with each other uh the bride puts uh, a garland over the groom and the groom puts a garland over the bride and then they head off into this gazebo/mandap or whatever in front of the fire and have a ceremony but in a christian wedding you know the the man is treated like the prize and there's not the dancing only happens at a very segmented time after people have been drinking heavily cuz i mean i couldn't even imagine i think that would radically alter everything about so many family dynamics just with the thought that we would all have to be dancing publicly in front of other people before the wedding cuz you guys dance after the wedding right we dance after it's after it's a whole thing cuz yeah. it's like it's a whole thing you you, you get you there's the people that are like oh we're going to dance 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 i hope the music's good whatever and then everyone gets dr- like starts drinking and then like people start awkwardly like shuffling to the dance floor yeah. and it's like a little I, maybe not for other people i find it a little uncomfortable i definitely yeah i find it a little so my system i have a whole system about it now because in the past i used to wait too long to go to the dance floor so then people knew i was uncomfortable and they'd be like emma come on come on okay now more eyes are on me so what i do now is i don't go first mm-hmm. but i wait right the middle spot and then i just bop around yeah you know my limited film career ruined dancing for me really yeah because i'm used to now dancing oh choreographed choreographed yeah. and also i associate dancing with performance pressure camera angles right. shots having to sell something so now just kind of doing like a two step feels you know absolutely yeah totally because you also like a two step you're like why oh, i got what is this showing what am i presenting to the world i'm trying to just hide in the back and i have to be in a very private setting for me to dance like it has to yeah. be you know no cameras just friends um and then i'm i'm okay yeah n- now i will like it but it's got to be yeah. re- but that's not at a wedding right especially if i don't yeah. really know that many people and yeah. i already usually feel kind of like different anyway yeah and then i was at a wedding once with this ex of mine and it was we were like the old it was a it was in puerto rico their family was super catholic it was a best friend of hers and we were like the only like she's like super feminine you can't tell she's gay so i'm the only qu- visibly queer person mm-hmm. there and i was like oh god and we have to <laughs> dance in front of everybody i i'll never forget that and i waited too long to go to the dance floor so they were really eyeing me and so then i finally got up and go all right and i did a little bop and weddings are such a such a sexual atmosphere anyway yes. i had no idea how many people banged at my wedding ooh you know like it's a good wedding i had a very good wedding cuz i've been to ones that do not have a sexual atmosphere no my my wife killed it at our wedding That's we went great. to we did 80 people on a beach ooh. in sri lanka no cell phones allowed love it so the amount of people that hooked up at our wedding right all of a sudden they're <laughs> off their phone like oh, i've never even looked another person in the face for a while yeah, it was insane Did anybody end up getting in a relationship from her? I don't think so, but mm. our wedding is also like my wife uh used to run something called Rock Street Journal, which is like India's Rolling Stone magazine. Mm. So she was just used to promoting rock shows. Right. I'm in a band, it's comics and actors on my end and it's rock musicians on her end as well. Time to fuck. Yeah, so yeah. this is just, you know, like we had a wedding band. 
right, on one of the nights. And just these really sweet Sri Lankan kids who are playing like Bruno Mars covers right. and this and that. And within 15 minutes, people were like, fuck off, leave, <laughs> leave your instruments, you know. <laughs> and then just, we took over. And That's great. It was, it was a concert. Also, lots of people having sex out of 80 people. That's a lot of overlap. Well, there was 80 people who were young and then there was like, you know, 50 people who were just family. And, right. And, and, and then like that. they watched the dancing. Yeah. Yeah. What if someone's too old to dance? And there's no Indian who's too old to oh dance. What are you goodness. talking about? Wow. Because I feel like we around here, we tap out about 50. Yeah. And then if someone's dancing and older, everyone's like, oh, look at them. Oh. My mom dances. And it's interesting given what you guys call dancing also. <laughs> All due respect. <laughs> no offense taken. <laughs> yeah. But also the the idea of people coordinating dancing, because also that... For us to be like coordinating dance moves, maybe because my family's pretty fractured, that's like communicate. That'd be like the first time I would say they even, some of them communicated in a healthy fashion. Oh, that's hell. Like, you right. know, the, those groomsmen entry dances or those bride They're so cool to which, watch, which, which, which the family does. Fuck all that. Right. Because no. you got one cousin who keeps being late. There's no way I would sign up for something like that. Like, I will, I will pay for your wedding <laughs> if I don't have to do that Absolutely. with a group of strangers that I don't know. Oh, no. yeah. And then you're coordinating and then someone's trying to show off and like, we get it. You don't want to be an accountant and you want everyone to know you can dance. And then, yeah, yeah it's no. like a whole, yeah. whole thing. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Okay, now we have an email. Now, this is our segment called Why to Men Listener Email. Dear Emma and Man, today's man is Verdas. He's on tour. He's got five specials on Netflix. Check him out. So smart, so funny, refreshing. Dear Emma and Man, why do men never seem to be as stressed or sad as women? Whenever I talk to my boyfriend or male friends, coworkers, I feel like I could list a million things I'm worried about or sad about, and they would not be able to relate to my experience. However, if I talk to other women about these issues and everything that's going on in my brain, I feel like they can empathize and make me feel like I'm not crazy for feeling the way I feel. Part of this may be due to my anxiety and OCD, but in general, I have felt that men can never relate to my anxiety experience quite like women can. And I've come across fewer men who are as openly ready to share those types of feelings. It has me wondering, are the men in my life genuinely just less stressed than I am? Or are they just really good at faking it? Or are they so used to faking it that now they can't even tell when they're stressed, sad, anxious, confused? It makes me sad and sometimes I worry that as a straight woman, I will never find an emotional connection where I feel truly seen and understood on the emotional level. If a man can't relate to me on this level, can we really be compatible for the long haul? Thank you both. Okay, so I'll start by saying I cannot personally speak to how stressed or sad women may be feeling. Mm. I've never experienced, you know, 
80% of the things that a woman experiences on a monthly basis, on an annual basis, <laughs> etc. So, right. so I cannot testify to any of those things, right? I can probably testify to the fact that every man in your life is stressed and sad. Whether it's at a comparable level to women, I cannot say. Now, the reason that you cannot relate to these men is because men are essentially bred not to relate. Ooh. We are bred to solve. Mm. Uh, in a certain sense and sometimes those two can be the opposite and the enemy of each other that's so interesting because that's so true with my dad but i just think of him as an individual because like he's a mathematician yeah so he is like literally solving problems yeah and that's what i think of with him but i didn't think of it with other men i guess yeah no so at, the, at least where i come from if if i'm stressed or i'm sad or a man is stressed or sad that's fine and we can express it and talk about it but eventually I will have to find a solution. Oh, and, it's, and it's great to have a, an ally and a teammate to, to share that with. But if I don't, I still have to find the solution. Right. You know, I'm, I'm an Indian son. You know, at, at some level, no matter how much the world turns, I'm an Indian son. And I, and I will have to find solutions. So I'm not bred to relate beyond a point. Mm. And, and or is it like, even, and even if you do relate, are you... Is it you're not supposed to share it, or do you think that's like they're just you're just like you're not like if someone's saying I feel anxious or sad about this, does it is your brain just like switch to another gear of like how to fix it instead of being like oh my experience with this was what well, I think my journey has been to almost not solve things mm. it has been a journey that I've been on you know Me too. you know where I have to and it's the most frustrating thing to be able to do which is validate your feelings. Um, and acknowledge how hard it is for you right. without throwing a solution into the mix that's going to piss you off. Sure. You know, it's a journey that I'm still on. I'm not good yeah, at it Yeah, that's tricky because sometimes people are like, hey, I just want to be heard. I just want to be heard. Yeah, because right? they'll be like, I've thought, or they could even be like, I've thought of these solutions. I'm just trying to see like, if you also feel, are they so used to faking it that now they can't even tell when they're stressed, sad, anxious, or confused? And it makes me worried she'll never find an emotional connection where I feel truly seen well, there are two parts to that. Number one, I don't think they're faking it. I think that's unfair. Mm. I think knowing that you're stressed, uh, confused, or, or or just freaked out, but not submitting to that feeling, or maybe even suppressing that feeling, for the time being, albeit, um, so that you can find a solution or do the work or do what's needed. I wouldn't call that faking it. I would maybe call it uh, evading for the time being. Or maybe, yeah, I think it's know? like just wondering, like, do they actually feel those things? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Every man sure. in your life is feeling those things, you know? And I wonder, also with my dad, like, I wonder if someone was saying, like, opening up about being stressed or anxious to him, if he, that would be like, because it can be so intimate, too, if you're not used to it. Like, I feel like that's probably something he does with my stepmom. And he's not used to doing it with, like, other like people i guess because like to me almost like sharing your feelings and stressors can be like a more intimate thing than yeah but i, I also think every man has has a moment where you you go to your partner man or woman and you break right oh yeah uh, you know, and, and you're just like i don't have my shit together and i and it's that that night of them just kind of cradling you yes uh but i do like the next morning for them to wake up and be like, all right, fucking go. Right, right. You know, totally. Have, have at it. Get back up. Be a man. Or, right. you know, or be strong. I do like that. I think that that is a sign of hope that, yes, you are going to find somebody. It's just that it might have to be, it might not be in a more casual interaction. It might be more like you're going to find the person who makes you feel connected and seen on an emotional level, but it's not going to be as 
like in a, it's not going to be in a casual setting. It's going to be through dating, and then the person feels closer to you, closer to you, and then you get to the point where you get to be there when they have a breakdown, which is what we're all going for. And don't project your version of what a connection seems. Oh yeah, that's on, big. Onto another person, right? Like right, a, a, that's huge. People do. That's easy to do all the time yeah, now. Yeah. Like, and and if you are a person who's very in touch with your emotions, like one of the most frustrating questions I've ever been asked is, "Where is this coming from?" Mm. Right now. As a man, if you ask me that, I can be like, well, one of a hundred places right. uh, is probably where this is coming from right now. So maybe I don't know where this is coming from, but uh, I'll work through it and I'll fix it and we'll do what needs to be done. But if you've sat and analyzed every feeling that you have, where you know how every action connects right. to every feeling, maybe I don't have that right now. Maybe I have a hundred fucking things going on. And one percent of this is coming from each one of those things. I always kind of cop out of that. Where if someone's like, I mean, unless it's like someone, if I say, oh, I want to go to um, Thailand right now, so I'm like, where is that coming from? I'm like, oh, I just saw a documentary. Who knows? Yeah. But in general, if someone says where that's coming from, if I really have to, I'll be like, uh, uh, my parents. I'll kind of do a yeah. blanket, like a big like, my. Um, when I was a kid, I'll start. I, I was an overweight kid, and I think that affected my ability to. You know, my parents, and then usually there are people like, oh, okay, something, something. Yeah, He's the, the fat kid blanket. <laughs> but I, do I think, was a fat kid. That's where it comes from. Like, you, yeah, but at, at some level, I got my ass whooped in boarding school for right. five years, and that's where everything comes right. from, right? But but the, totally, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for more like, you know what it's almost like? It's like someone's looking for you to reframe what you said. So Or it's like, what are you, I don't actually, yeah, that, that question does throw me too when someone asks where you come from or what are you thinking? I'm like, oh, boy. Nothing. Yeah, uh, Not and, and also, if I knew, would I, it help? You know, uh, like uh, I love people who know themselves, but uh, if you know too much about yourself, at some level, fuck you as well. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, there's it's, some word for it's um. Oh, there's some term for it. I was just talking about with my therapist about self analysis because self analysis can get narcissistic. Oh, like for sure. Spinning out in it, morbid self analysis. I forget. There was some term for it. I pissed off my therapist once, where she's mm. like, "This relates to your," and I was like, "Okay." So I still have to go on stage tonight and right. I still have to do everything that I have to do. And she's like, you're, you're being childish. And I'm like, yeah, but, but nah, so, nah, nah, boo, boo. <laughs> you know, so what if this right. is where it comes from or if all these things added up now, you know, and now I know, but beyond the two of us, there isn't anybody else who gives a shit at right. some level. So we have to find some sort of a real world implementation of this understanding that we both have. Are you still seeing the therapist? Yeah. I, yeah. 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 They, if you see a therapist long enough, you're going to have those moments where yeah. you're like, all right. Do you ever feel like you don't have content for your therapist? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you ever feel like it's it's an hour and not, you're done at 45 yes. and now you're just making up shit? 100. You, you paid so much money. You're like, I'm stressed about my cappuccino or whatever. Right. Like, you're just like, and she knows and you know i had that because i was seeing my therapist twice a week for a little bit yeah sure. and the second session i was like i'm about out of stuff like a big you know <laughs> it's always over zoom sometimes her dog will walk through the frame and then sometimes too i'm like this has got to be boring her because i'm losing i'm losing steam yeah but yeah i'm like i run out of guy you can give me the light you can do this Okay, now we're going to do a segment called Ask for Das Anything. This is part of the show where we try to get inside the male mind with specific questions tailored for our guests. All right. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done in front of someone who you were trying to impress? I knew that a girl was going to leave me because she had found somebody else. 
and so I and she hadn't told me quite yet that she and she was she had hooked up with the guitarist in my band. Ah, oh. right, and they they would have made a better couple oh. anyway. Right? Why did he do that? I mean, you know, the the band had broken up like two years ago. And, okay, and, you know, okay, 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 but still. Oh, it gets far more pathetic. Mm. I um I wrote down a hundred reasons why I loved her, and why she should stick with me. You would have taken her back. And yeah, and then I went to her garden, and uh, kind of started saying number one. <laughs> like while she was at the window, I was like one. It's because two, because three. <laughs> and then by like by the time I got to like number eight, she was like, I slept with that guy, and I'm like. <laughs> then I'm just yelling in her garden. <laughs> like I didn't get to number eleven. There's some romantic guy in the window below. Like finish it. What are the, what are the other so, ones? So that might be nineteen years old. The yeah. most pathetic thing I've ever done. So you went to do it before you knew she had slept with the guitarist. I kind of, I kind of felt like <clears throat> you know. Did you confront him? No. I, you know, anybody who's willing to cheat on me. Uh, shouldn't be with me and doesn't deserve me, and I don't have to confront the people that they cheat on me with. Absolutely. You know? You're right. That would yeah. be petty. As someone with such a massive audience and online platform, do you feel any pressure to present yourself a certain way? Uh, less and less every day. Mm. Uh, that's part of liking where I am. It's, it's like I found my people. Yes. You know, that's a great place to be, where I'm like, oh, oh I, I don't have to impress the entire world and try and conquer everything. I just have these people and I have to surprise them and myself every time. Then you get to be more and more authentic. So I'm, I'm still, you know, because I, I do like Hindi movies and, um, and stand up. Mm -hmm. Those are two things that I struggle with because I, I think movie, I don't want to say stardom because I don't have it, but um, that kind of celebrity is based on a little bit of inaccessibility. Yes. Oh my right. God. I know exactly what you mean. And totally. And stand up is based on accessibility and being completely open. One hundred percent. That is because celebrity, like movie celebrities, it's like an untouchable. The it, part of the interest comes from we're not there with them. Yeah. There, we have to buy the magazine because because we don't have that. They're not our neighbor. This and then yeah. versus stand up, so, where we're outside the club. Like, hey, God. Yeah, totally different. So I have a fair millions of people who know me from a movie but have never watched me do a single piece of stand-up, mm. right? Now suddenly when they find you at an airport or whatever and they're like, oh my God, I love your movie so much, etc. And you're like, hey man, um, how are you today? Right. And they're like, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're connecting? What the right. fuck is this? So it freaks them out as well. So I struggle with that sometimes. Absolutely. Those are, it is totally, I would love, I'm going to watch one of your Bollywood movies. Please do. You sing in it as, too, as well? No, uh, but there's a, there's a movie called Delhi Belly. You should see that one. It's a okay. good one. Yeah. Do you practice any form of self-care in your day-to-day -day life? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I journal, even though I fucking hate it. Um, you do that in the morning? You do yeah, like the morning pages? I do morning pages. Yep. I'm on this weird trip where my therapist is like, um, you've achieved so much and you've been so hard on yourself mm. that you haven't celebrated any of your achievements. So I'm now in this <sighs> phase where I'm celebrating my achievements. I love that. Right? So I'm... Uh, I'm in 2023, but having a beer about some shit I achieved in 2019, you know what I mean? I'm like, this is for that one, and this piece of cake is for that one. So I'm catching up on just being... I love that. ...empathetic with myself. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
I feel like I have done the reverse of that. I remember when I was in like, I'd be in like high school or college, just like eating cake, drinking martinis to the stuff where I was like, I'm going to invent this and I'm going to get in Congress and I'm going to do that. So I did all the stuff before I did the thing and then didn't do the thing. Yeah. And then that's how you have a drinking problem. Kind of. <laughs> you, you don't want to celebrate the delay. The gratification makes it much more satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. How do you deal with disagreements in your relationship? I mean, I'm a comedian, so I'm a nightmare in a, in a <laughs> verbal argument. You know what mm. I mean? Because we we have to have the la the last word, right? So I'm, and then I'm doing callbacks. And, oh and, no, you know. <laughs> my girlfriend's much better at argue, not arguing, because she's like, we're not arguing, we're in the same team. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but it's it's. Uh, you've been married a little bit. Yeah, I've been married uh, close to. I got married in 2014, so coming up on 10 years. That's but, beautiful. My wife wins every fight, mm. and, and I'm the apologizer. Yes, that's for sure, hundred percent. Right? Yeah, yeah, so that's me, uh, and and mostly because she can do the silent treatment for way more than I can. Oh my god! In terms of, and even she can't do it for very long. Like for mm. her, an hour is a lot, and for me, an hour feels like nine years. Absolutely. You know, so I'll just cave because of that. But I don't know. In an argument, I at some point I go to the ridiculous and just try and make it funny, mm. and then. My rule is if I made you laugh, the fight's over. Like that's, like if you smile, if I made you laugh, doesn't matter what it was about. Damn. Uh, uh, and so then she'll laugh and then she'll get pissed off that I made her laugh and then I'll make her laugh some more. And then she feels like I'm trivializing the issue. And I am. Right. Uh, but, you know, fair is fair. Fair is fair. That's how you deal. What if she yeah. makes you laugh in the argument? Is it over? She's not funny. No, damn. <laughs> <laughs> not in an argument. That's for damn sure. What's the most trivial thing you've ever gotten emotional about? Fuck, that's a good one. Um, okay, it's weird. Uh, but I travel the world a fair amount. And I'm trying to travel the world without checking luggage. Right oh. Now. So I have a... And this is going to piss off your listeners, but I have something... I, I think the only thing to call it is privileged minimalism. Right? Okay. Where I mean, I doubt it's going to be a... It's not like you're like, I kill a kitten and then put my clothes no. in the kitten or something. So I have five t-shirts, two pairs of pants, one jacket and workout clothes. And I will not buy clothes anymore. And I have a rule saying, we'll spend any amount of money on food, travel, hospitality, music and experiences. But I'm not spending money on anything else. So fly first, stay in a suite, eat at the best restaurant, yes. get front row seats, yes. go and see concerts and shit like that. We're not buying Louis Vuitton bags. Mm. Fuck that shit, right? So... I travel the world largely without toiletries. Wow. And so the nice thing is to show up at a venue and just on my rider now is like a toothbrush, toothpaste, shaving kit, hairspray, this and something else. This is very smart. A rider is what they, they'll say, what do you want to have backstage? And then you can say like almonds, peanuts, whatever the fuck. Yeah. So having a toothbrush, that's also very easy for them to get too. Yeah, exactly. Because like some people will say something really expensive or bizarre and then yeah. they, there's an assistant running and getting it. So that's a, that's a good that is kind of a win-win. Yeah, so being able to show up in a hotel that I'm about to stay at or a venue that I'm about to perform right. at and have all my toiletries waiting for me. Lovely. Uh, is something where I was like, oh my God, I think I I think I did some shit in life. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I was totally. Like, Look at that toothbrush. There's a toothbrush for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I, was, I was very emotional about that. I was like, this is success. It's like you've got a system. Like I figured out a system for myself yeah. to figure out what I need. And yeah. it's simple. Sometimes those little wins yeah. feel so big too. Because they are. Yeah.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is a section called Emma's Dilemma. This is a dilemma. It's just on me needing to, maybe not maybe not let things go isn't the thing, but this happened the other day. I was standing, this woman just body checked me. Didn't mean to, she was walking really quick, but the way she hit me, my shoulder, I spun, it was kind of shocking. And right away I went, oh, sorry, my bad, sorry. That was like my, re right out of my mouth. Sure. I went, whoa, sorry, sorry, sorry about that, sorry. And she didn't stop at all to say like nothing. So then she kept walking. So this whole thing should have ended there, but instead I, I kind of took it in like, hmm. And then I yelled to the back of her head, not angrily, but loud. I went, actually, I'm not sorry. I am not sorry. <laughs> and so the dilemma is I just need to let things stop. They don't, I don't need to, I, maybe I didn't need to apologize. It doesn't matter. But instead of turning, I felt this need to let her know I wasn't sorry. I think it, I think where that comes from probably is me apologizing a lot and I'm trying to make my apologies more meaningful. Yeah. So it's like sometimes I'll implement these things I'm learning in therapy or wherever in spaces, like my testing pool for the spaces I'm doing these things are so not where it's needed or necessarily does anything. Here's the question, mm. all right, if... Uh, I mean, she checked me. All right, cool. So she checked you. And she was little. It wasn't like... <laughs> but it was a check. And she's like a pea coat on. It wasn't some... All right, okay. Cool. So the VP of sales at a company checked you. Uh, right. <laughs> and so let's play this out, right? Let's get to the end of this. So she checks you, right? You turn around, you're like, actually, I'm not. Uh, oh, you turn around she and checked. you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. You, sorry. You're like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. And you're like, no, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And you're like, where are you headed? And she's like, Buffalo. And you're like, go Bills, good team. And she's like, go Bills, good team. And then you're like, have a good one. High and she's five. like, you have a good one. Would that have felt any le better? I would have been thrilled. Really? Oh, my God. But it's inauthentic. At least what happened between the two of you was authentic, right? Oh. Because throughout that conversation, you're both thinking, bitch, you just body checked me right at the end right. of the day. Right. Well, she definitely body checked me. Right. So at least what you experienced <laughs> was an authentic experience rather than. It's true. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. If I said in an ideal world, that she go body check and I go, whoa, sorry, which was so ridiculous because I was the one that was like, whoa. Then I went, whoa, sorry. So sorry about that. Then if she would have been, oh, no, my bad. And kept walking, I would have been like, have a good day. I would bitch. prefer. Real rudeness over fake politeness. Oh, hmm. So at least that, that lady was rude mm. and stuck with it. You have to admire mm. the conviction. You know what I mean? She's like, That's true. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, because the type of person who body checks people doesn't turn around for the conversation either. So she's consistent. She's right. committing to the true. bit. She's following through. What if I was old? What mm -hmm. if I was elderly? I, I could have spun around, fell over. 
at some level, what are you doing on the streets? If you're mm. <laughs> like, this is why the American family system doesn't work. Mm. This is why Indians live with their family. They're just like, we don't keep you indoors. That is something I've noted because like uh, my girlfriend's family, she's Mexican and Italian. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's like she was like in Mexico. She was like, we keep we do not send our families to oh. old people's homes. She's like, That is an insane concept generally, unless they're, it's end of life. Yeah. We yeah. send, I mean, in my mom's family, we they go to the old person's home about 60. <laughs> Not 60, but it's any sign. You're, you're 25. It's right, time. <laughs> get out. Any sign of, I can't remember something, they go, okay, you go to this. But you are a very individual culture, and it's also very tough to survive. Right. In America. Oh, like, my God. It is, is it no, ever? There's no tougher country in the world to support a You family. think so? I, 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 and this is, again, privileged and, and possibly very ignorant, but... I would rather be poor anywhere else in the world mm. than in America. Um, because the in India, if you are not doing well financially, somebody will feed you. Right. You, you will find a roof over your head. You will find a bed for the night. Our culture is such. In America, man, like I've been poor in America in my 20s. Oh, I ought to not have medical insurance. Mm. You do not have housing. My God, it's a nightmare. It feels like America sometimes is like a 100% commission sales job. Yeah. Where it's like if you don't make the sale, you get nothing. But then also you, on the flip side, if you do, you get everything, right? right. So that's the the risk of it all. But yeah, you don't have a lot of safety nets, you know? Totally, totally. Okay, now we have a segment called Who, What, Where, When, How. Jesus, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Who do men think of as the ideal man, real or fictional? Uh... Was there a comment that you looked up to when you were coming? George there? Carlin. George for Carlin, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, but look how flawed and traumatized that man was, mm. you know. But real. But real. It goes right? back to being authentic, authentic yeah. and mean over fake and nice. So yeah, I think George Carlin historically, real man. And he could. That was someone who was expressing himself. Expressing himself, sensitive, very strong, very courageous, smart. Uh, owned his trauma, owned his demons, mm. you know, and also largely committed to two people over his life. You was know? he He was only married two times? He was married two times, and I think he lost his first wife. Mm. And then, um, I could be wrong about this, but, you know, very much sort of in love with two women his whole life. That gives me hope, too, when I, whenever I see people that... That always gives me hope when I just see people that make relationships yeah. work. Yeah, And it's, it's trying for everybody to do that, but maybe certain fields may be more trying than others. Oh, yeah, for sure. Show business is definitely harder uh, on fidelity, for sure. What do men do to treat themselves? Uh, it involves one of your hands. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, the older you get, the more depressing I feel like masturbating can be sometimes. Oh, yeah, so. for, yeah for sure. Unless, although, unless it's like really like you're like, oh, I have time, I go to the hotel and all that stuff. There has to be no reflective surfaces anywhere. For right. <laughs> Just like a windowless room with nothing on the walls. And then it's not depressing. Um what do I do to treat myself? I um I have a beer and a cigarette on mm. Sundays. That's my thing. Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah, a Guinness and a cigarette. Mm. Fuck yes. Where do men go when they want the best advice? They go to, I want to say their fathers. I think that's where mm. you get the best advice. Truly. Like, that's really what fatherhood should be. I you think. trust them. Yeah, for, for, for sure. And, and just sort of going... Yours a non-sugar-coated, non-brutal mm. understanding of the world. I would say my dad gives me very direct advice. And that's great. Yeah. And you know, the best advice isn't always the advice you want to hear. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Seldom. Seldom. Yeah. 
When do men decide it's time to settle down? I think you have to have your last uh, meaningless sex. Mm. And it has to feel truly meaningless. And you're like, I want something more. I want something more. And it has to be with something or someone you thought you wanted. Ooh, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it's got to be like... Something or someone. You know, <laughs> I don't uh, want this pizza like that. I know, know what you mean. <laughs> but it's, it's got to be like you think you're an eight and then you, right. you hooked up with someone you thought was a ten. And you're like, oh shit, this is none of what I wanted. And this is not what I thought it would be. I think you need... Yes, you need all the things that a person brings to the table, etc., etc., in in your new partner. But I think you need one fuck all mountain to climb before you hit base camp. You know That's what I mean? Such, that is so true too, because then you then you appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. You're like, oh, I being able to talk some, to someone is so important. Yeah. How do men handle rejection? Uh, <laughs> they become comedians, but <laughs> uh, I don't know how. You know, I I think it's either trying to prove a part of yourself wrong mm. and the part of yourself that might possibly believe what they said. Mm. Oh yeah. That I feel, I relate to that. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Cause it's like, I get scared. Yeah. Cause then like for me, it'll be like, like I'm dyslexic and Canadian ADHD. So I'll be like, Oh, someone thinks I'm stupid. Even though I'm sure they're not even thinking about me, but like they think I'm stupid. I'm going to prove I'm not stupid. Oh, for sure. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Like, and also with things you cannot control, like, okay, I'm, I'm five foot eight, not from a connected family, and I kind of showed up in Bollywood saying I'm going to do something. And if you if you heard the number of people who are like, you need to be six two, and you need to know people, and you need mm. to look gorgeous, or if you're like, I, I want to come to America and do stand up in an Indian accent, but still talk about America right. in, in an edgy way, and people being like, no, do you you know this is what the immigrant role is or the model minority role is. In your darkest moments, there's a part of you that believes what they say. Yes. You know, and I think fighting that part of you, that they might be right. I think that's the best way to deal with rejection. I think that that, to me, symbolizes the triumph of the human spirit. Yeah. And those are the moments when I'm watching that, like on a documentary or something, just where there's those moments where it's, and it's not usually, sometimes it can be one big motivating thing and a decision-making moment, but then it's, it's there's lots of moments where you're deciding, where you're hearing that, of them being right, maybe yeah. believing it, and then overriding it. And that's like, to me, where the heart comes in. Yeah. And, and the heart propels. I, there was an interview I was listening to I talk about where it was it, with people getting into comedians specifically, either being the cool kid or the kid that was made fun of, and then oh, the yeah. kid that was made fun of goes farther. And yeah. I feel like a lot of times it is because it's like the ability to then push forward after you've been like, ooh. And, and also growing up enough to learn that a part of them is actually right. Mm. You know, because fuck you, I'm going to show you, is never a way to uh, to overcome rejection. But right. you're not wrong. Mm. And I'm still going to show you. Imagine how powerful that would be to call someone that was mean to you and be like, I just want to let you know. And they're like, oh God. And you're like, you're right. Click. Yeah. And you're like, that would fuck their head up for years. You're not wrong, but I'm still going to show mm. you. I think that's the best way to deal with rejection. Because also if you go for it where you're like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, when you achieve whatever that thing is, then whatever you're looking for is not going to be there because it's an external factor that you're going for. So it's got to be like, I showed myself that I could do this thing because yeah. who fucking knows what the other person doing? Absolutely. Fucking hooked on meth living in who know, God knows where selling <laughs> crypto. We don't know. I feel like this is a specific person in your head. <laughs> Barbara. <No. laughs> who knows what, you know, I was, yeah, who knows? Yeah. But thank you so much for being here on the show. Verdas, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Virdas, V-I-R-D-A-S. 
on Twitter uh, at the Virdas. Not because I'm arrogant, but because Virdas <laughs> was taken. Uh, so I had to be like the Virdas. Can I plug some shows? Would of that be course, all right? please. In January of uh, this coming year, you can find me at Carnegie Hall, at the Kennedy Center, at the Chicago Theater, at the Wilbur in Boston, at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, and many other iconic venues between Jan 10th and Feb 10th. So please come and see me then. That is going to be such a great place to experience getting to go to one of your shows too like getting carnegie hall like that's yeah. going to be such because like the medium as the message like getting to see a show and your show in that those environments is going to be i hope so. i i, I treat i think i might be the first indian comedian to ever play carnegie hall so i'm kind of i'm gonna make it a hell of a night hell yeah you know awesome thank you guys so much for being here please dm me at emma wilman on instagram or email your questions to ama at Betches.com for our next guest. And if you have anything you'd like to say about today's episode, give us feedback, more questions, please send them in and we'll read them on the next episode. I'll talk to you next week when we Ask Men Anything. Ask Men Anything is produced by Sean Kilby and Rebecca Steinberg. Editing by Jazz Zapatos, Rebecca Steinberg, and Shannon Sasson. Guest booking by Anna Zagzag. Send your emails to ama at Betches.com. Betches.